Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And we are here to discuss week four in the NFL season. Carolina Panthers taking on the Arizona Cardinals here at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, what's probably going to be a pretty wet and wild game with the hurricane coming through. Although I did hear today that maybe it's going to be it's going to blow through here, on, you know, on Saturday and early Sunday morning. So we'll see. We got the turf though, so you know, yeah, so that's it'll good. be wet. <laughs> it's going to be real <laughs> slick out there on that turf. Wet plastic, yay! Yeah. yeah. Um, Against our division rivals. Oh, no, wait. We just right. play them every year. <laughs> kind of feels like that. Um, I meant to look up today if the if the Cardinals were the team that the Panthers had the most or the best winning percentage against because they have a really good winning percentage against the Cardinals all time. They're like 14-5 and five against them all time. Um, six in a row. Average margin of victory is like close to 20 points a game. Like it's it's pretty good. Pretty legit. Yeah. We're, we own the Cardinals, uh, you know. So far, <laughs> let's, let's. I mean, I mean, honestly, we do. Like, since we became a franchise, we have owned this team through countless coaches and quarterbacks and whatever else. Um, for some reason, and we and we even talked about this on our season preview. We didn't have the numbers or anything, but we just talked about how good the Panthers always play against the Cardinals. Yeah, it just always seems that way. So. Jinx, 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 jinx. Got that out yeah. of the way. <laughs> knock it on some wood here. I got my desk here. I don't want to knock too yeah. loud and make my dogs bark. But <laughs> Knock on wood. Um, so that's what we'll be talking about today. I uh, would like to extend a request to everyone out there listening. Uh, give us a like and subscribe on YouTube. We're getting close to 1,000 subs. We're, I think, 30 away as of right now. So it uh, would mean a lot to us to hit that. 1,000 mark here before the end of the season, or before the end of the year. Um, so, do us a favor and hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, but before we get to the game preview, let's talk about a little bit of news. Yes, uh, Panthers cut Aaron Mosby on Monday and added him back to the practice squad today. Uh, Mosby has been in uniform for Carolina's all three games. Uh, he was a standard elevation off the practice squad the first two outings with his only action being 16 snaps on special teams against the Giants. Not surprised. Mm-hmm. This, I have a feeling he's going to be one of those guys, like Davion Nixon, that are just going to bounce up and down, up and yeah. down. Means he's valued. He's just, you know, getting well, he's elevated. Bo- he's the last guy on the roster, must interest, yeah. right? Like He's mm-hmm. good enough to be on the active roster every once in a while, but not good enough to keep the job, right? Or at least, maybe not, I shouldn't say not good enough, but... That's a position where we have some depth, right? So and, and obviously special teams. I mean, yeah. So hey, you never know. He may be one of those guys that looks decent in special teams, and if they need a guy who's injured, that's a good special teams guys. They raise him up. Yeah. Um, and Davion Nixon, you know, I believe that I read that he had been signed to the active roster. Yes, he yeah, has been good. signed yeah. to. So. Yeah, he was signed right before the last game, and he's staying there. They haven't moved him back down. So. That's what I mean. Like, I think he's, I think he's there for good, um, at least for a while. So, oh, they could release that. him and sign him back to the practice squad, like they've done multiple times. Yeah. Well, either way, good for Davion Nixon. Good for Aaron Mosby's back on the practice squad. So, 
Um, he's a undrafted guy, but they, they kind of think a lot of him. So a developmental piece. Yeah. Um, we'll see him back on the active roster before the end of the season. I almost guarantee it. So, um, all right. Uh, well, Jerry, let's talk about some PFF grades, uh, from last week. Right. I want to talk, uh, a little bit about, uh, how certain players did against, uh, the saints last week. We wanted to maybe do this every preview, I guess. Um, just kind of do a little quick look back at the previous week with the PFF grades and see if there's any surprises uh, that snap out of us. Obviously, on offense, uh, number one player was LaVisca Chenault Jr. with a 95 PFF grade, which is ridiculous. Yeah, um, when you're out there for six passing plays, one touchdown, yeah. one first down, I mean... Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if this counts his return grade as well or if that's a separate grade for him, but uh, obviously he had uh, some nice uh, this, returns I, th- as well. This is overall. It okay. doesn't matter. Just So he was out there for 11 total plays, including special teams. So 95 for him. That's pretty great. Uh, number two is Christian McCaffrey. No big surprise there with uh, 79.6. Uh, Taylor Moten and Austin Corbett make the top five from the offensive line. And then Chuba Hubbard. Number four with a sixty-seven point eight. Yeah, you know, he had a, a one nice run, and I guess that was enough <laughs> for yeah. you know the, it, the little amount of plays he ran. Yeah, he didn't have many snaps. I don't have the snap count in front of me, but I can't imagine it was that I, high. It was less than ten. I know that. Um, and then uh, just kind of looking at the bottom five here, uh, Robbie Anderson. Ian Thomas, both around 50. Uh, Baker Mayfield with a 46. Pat Elfline, the only member of the offensive line on the bottom five list, with a 45.4. And then Tommy Tremble. So both of our tight ends in the bottom five on the offensive grades. Um, Yeah. I feel like that's probably going to be the standard (laughs) for this team until we get a decent tight end. Uh, I mean, they're supposed to be blocking tight ends, and they don't seem to be blocking that well. I mean... Steven Sullivan has the best tight end PFF grade we have. Yeah. And then that's, you know, then Giovanni Ricci. So, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, and these are the overall grades. These aren't just, like, just yeah. the receiving grades or something. These are the overall grades. So. Tommy Trimble has an awful, awful pa- or run blocking. He's at a 39. That's and like then, me going out there trying to block somebody. Isn't that why we drafted him, too? He was, like, the, that was the big... Yeah. That was this big calling card. Was he was just a great blocking tight end. He had a lot of athletic ability yeah. and stuff like that. But I thirty nine. Like I said, that's like me getting pushed over by somebody. At least I tried. Yeah, yeah. Grade. Uh, yeah, he's got some work to do. Um, I'm not gonna say bust yet, but he's got some work to do. Uh, on defense, we've got J C Horn leading the group with ninety two point six. Tell you what, Seat man. Belt. I mean. We've talked a lot about J.C. Horn and how we, you know, if we could go back and redo that pick, we would take Micah Parsons or maybe Rashawn Slater uh, or Justin Fields. You know, a lot of people say, J.C. Horn is really good. <laughs> like, he is really good. I mean, he's, he's a top five corner in the league he's right a, now. He is a lockdown corner. Like, he's not, he might not get a ton of interceptions because they're just not going to throw at him. It, he's, the quarterbacks who target him, have a QB rating of 15. 15, best that's in the league right good. now. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, one interception, obviously, so far this season. But 
yeah, he reminds me of who was the Oakland, or I guess at the, yeah, at the time Oakland. Nandi Asamoah. Yeah, like that dude would just lock down a side of the field. He didn't put up huge interception numbers every year but because he was widely considered to be the best corner. Same in the with Darrell Revis. Right. Both Revis of those were well. at the, around the same time, but Darrell Revis would do the same thing. You would lock down a side of the field. Yeah. He wouldn't get staggering numbers, but the reason he wouldn't get staggering numbers is the quarterback's like, no. Yeah. I see what you're doing. You you have my guy covered. I am not targeting him. Yeah. And, and that's why they went out and got C.J. Henderson, too, who we'll talk about in a second. Because um, they were hoping that he could develop into a J.C. Horn-style mm-hmm. guy on the other side. That hasn't happened yet. Um, Shaq Thompson, number two on defense with a 79.1. Derek Brown, 76.8. We talked about how good he looked in the game and the score backs it up. Uh, Davion Nixon with a 76.6. He wasn't out there a lot, so don't read too much into that. And then Frankie Louvu with a 73.6. I believe Frankie Louvu played 100% of the snaps, so that's he did. really good. Yeah, I remember uh, seeing that being like, wow. Yeah. No, no breathers for you, man. Okay. Right. Hey. <laughs> resting, resting for years he's ready to play uh on the uh bottom five here we got cj henderson with a 47.2 keith taylor the other corner 44.9 actually got a lot of corners on the bottom five here uh jeremy chin with a 43.7 that was surprising to me seeing he's him so playing he's, he's playing out he's of position playing out of position yeah i i will scream that and scream that but he's better at that outside linebacker position yeah i agree uh, Yitor with a 36.2 and then Dante Jackson with a 30.2. Now Dante only played a few snaps and he, you know, went out early in the game. Uh, obviously even came in to the game banged up. So he gave, he gave up on four targets, three receptions for 76 yards. I'm sorry. That's not good. Even that was basically a majority of what Jameis Winston got in that first half. Yeah. So not great there, Dante. Um, you know, one quarter is the best. One corner may be the best defensive player on the team, and then the other three are yeah. not as good. So, <laughs> um, All right. Well, so, uh, Jerry, I do have a little bit of trivia for you before we get into our injuries. Okay. Um, we're going to go way back, way back to 2015 mm-hmm. in what is technically the 2014 playoffs, but they play them in 2015. The uh, last... Or not the last time, but you and I attended this game, the NFC Wild Card Playoff game. Carolina at home facing the Cardinals. Carolina had the seven, eight, and one Wild Card team, or actually division winning team, made the playoffs as a division. Yeah, winner. because we had that home playoff yep. game. Yep. Um, that was a monsoon. That was a cold, wet game. Uh, it was not a lot of fun to be at, but Panthers won twenty-seven sixteen. Jerry, the trivia question I have for you. Who was the leading receiver in that game for the Panthers? And I'll give you four options. Okay. okay. Greg Olson. Fozzie Whitaker. Jericho Cotchery. Or Corey Brown. Or Philly Brown, as he is otherwise known. So Greg, Olson, I, I, will, I want to say Fozzie Whitaker because if I remember correctly, he had a couple like big pass plays, but it could have been run plays too in that game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could have been, could have been. 
So you're going to say Fozzie Whitaker? Yeah, I'm going to go with Fozzie Whitaker. Okay, well, you are correct. It is Fozzie Whitaker. You are incorrect that he had a couple of pass plays. He had one reception oh. for, 30, <laughs> for 39 yards, and that was enough. <laughs> Another little fun piece of trivia about this game, Jerry. Total yards for the Arizona Cardinals in this game. Now, I'm talking total yards. 78. 78 70. total yards. And the Panthers had over 350, I think. So, I just remember like, it was a whooping. I remember it was like, a whooping. They like, still scored 16 points somehow. Um, and that, I felt like that was late. I felt like those were late because I felt like we were really cold. And I was like, it's a playoff game. I don't want to leave early, but this game's out of hand. So, I, two, two of the 16 came in the second half. Wow, they, so I was wrong. Four, yeah, they scored 14 of their points in the second quarter. Uh, they were actually leading 14 to 13 at halftime. Mm. And then we came back and won. But yeah, so that's a, that's a fun game to kind of go back and revisit because you know, this Panthers team wasn't that good. Uh, no one expected the Panthers to win that game. Arizona was 11-5 and five that season and took them down. Do you remember who the quarterback was for Arizona? Oh, uh, Carson Palmer? No. I think Carson Palmer might have been the quarterback that season, but Ryan Lindley started that game. Oh. Ryan Lindley. That's a name you'll never hear again. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, Let's talk some injuries, Jerry. Why don't you tell us about the Panthers injury list? Well, as normal, Christian McCaffrey didn't practice on Wednesday, but they are being reported that he has a thigh injury. So we'll see... Matt Later. mentioned that today on uh, on his press conference that he was dealing with a thigh injury, so he didn't seem too concerned about it. Though I was going to say, we'll see if he practices Thursday and Friday. That if yep. he doesn't practice, then then I'm worried. They could be just listing it because you know he went in, got some treatment, and they don't. They, it seems like rules putting him on the injury report every week, even if he, like he says, yeah. if he goes takes a leak, he has to. Right. <laughs> It reminds me of that year that Belichick put Tom Brady on the injury yeah. report every single week, even yeah. though you knew that he was fine. So I'm hoping that that's the case. Yeah. Uh, J.C. Horn, uh, cornerback, has a calf injury, limited in practice. That That's a little worrisome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Thomas, tight end, ankle, yeah, limited practice. Yeah. Doesn't produce not, much on the field. Right, not worried. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Thomas, Oliver, cornerback, Achilles, limited practice. Uh, Xavier Wood, safety, hamstring, limited practice. And LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver, hamstring, limited practice. Uh, I do worry about those hamstring injuries because they can mm-hmm. kind of linger and all of a sudden they're limited practice to no practice or even full practice to no practice. Yeah, those uh, soft tissue injuries. Even McCaffrey with the thigh, I mean, it's... You know, again, if he comes out and practices tomorrow, no big deal. But um, Stanley Thomas Oliver, I think, played last week with that Achilles injury as well. So it doesn't seem like that's too big of a deal. All right. Um, for the Cardinals, we got Kelvin Beecham tackle. Uh, I was going to oh. ask, do you want to take a breath here? Because this is a long one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, Kelvin Beecham, Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz. They all did not uh, practice due to rest. So that's a tackle, a wide receiver, and a tight end. Uh, Rodney Hudson, center, did not practice with a knee. Uh, all the rest of these guys I'm reading did not practice, by the way. 
Uh, Richard Lawrence, nose tackle with a hand. Justin Pugh, guard with an elbow. Zeke Turner, linebacker with an ankle. J.J. Watt, defensive end with a calf. A.J. Green, wide receiver with a knee. Uh, the rest of these folks were limited in practice. Zaven Collins, uh, linebacker with a shoulder. James Conner, running back with a knee. Greg Dortch, wide receiver with a back. Rondell Moore, wide receiver with a hamstring. And Matt Prater, their kicker, with a right hip. Uh, so... That's a there's some there's some guys in there. I mean, JJ oh, yeah. Watt, of course. You know, their best defensive player right now. Uh, you kind of wondered too. It's Wednesday, so they could be holding him True. out for more rest too. I mean, True. it's JJ Watt. I he cannot practice all week and then see him yeah. on Sunday. He's going to be JJ Watt. Yeah, still a they're yeah. on the list. So we we have to assume that there's something going. On. They're a little banged up. Yeah, uh, I other than I look at the guys. wide receiver core realistically, Greg. Dorch, who's had a really good season so far. Mm-hmm. Rondell Moore, a good, talented receiver. Not practicing. And A.J. Green, not practicing. AJ or Green limited used, practice. Used yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. And the Marquise Brown, you know, their best receiver. He's just resting. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had a big game running around. I mean, with that offense, I mean, he has to catch his breath sometime. True, true. Um, all right. Well, that's the injuries. Uh, we are going to. Pay the bills here real quick, and we'll be right back with the preview. Jerry, do you like CBD products? I do. I have one every night before I go ah, to bed. Do you? I do, too. Uh, where did you get those CBD products? I get products? them at CBDX.com. Yes, CBDX.com. They've got everything you need. Gummies. That's what Jerry and I like. We like the gummies. Okay. Hey. Jerry. Jerry's wife also likes the gummies from my Yes. Opinion. Yeah. Uh, she uh, also likes the vapes. I, I was kind of shocked. She got a free vape, and now she uses it occasionally at night instead of the gummy. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I have not tried the vape, but they do have vapes. They have uh, flour. They have uh, the disposable vapes. They also have inserts for, like, a vape pen, I guess. Um, CBDX.com. Check them out. Use promo code MEOW. For 20% off, and you'll get your free gift as well. Um, you get a little percentage off, we get a little percentage back, so it helps the show out. Doesn't cost you anything but uh, the cost of the CBD product. So check them out, cbdx.com, promo code MEOW, and we'll be right back. And we are back, and we're going to go ahead and start diving into this Cardinals game. Uh, Panthers are currently sitting at one and a half or two point favorites, depending on where you go. Over under is at 43. I, they're favorite, but are they? It's more almost like a toss up if the, you give the three points for the home team. Yeah, typically you do give the three points to the home team. Um, I mean, at least we're favored, I guess. Um, <laughs> I guess. Would we be favored in Arizona? Probably not. No. So. I the Cardinals still had high expectations this year. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, well, they, they made the playoffs last year. They they were like the number one team in the league through like week ten or eleven last year, record wise, yeah. um, until the Panthers blew their doors off with Cam Newton. God, that was such a fun game last that year. That was a that was the game. It was the game of last year. The yeah. happiest any of us Panther fans probably felt. Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget it. That it was such a cool experience but yeah that's not going to happen this week uh cam newton is not 
going to come out of the tunnel, unfortunately. Yeah. Or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, let's look at some key matchups here. Um, first thing here, really not even key matchups. It's kind of like keys to the game. Um, the Panthers have a really good opportunity here, Jerry, to start off fast. Arizona is the only team in the league that has not scored a single point in the first quarter. Mm, did not know that. Yeah, they have 95 total yards in the first quarter through three games, tied with the Carolina Panthers <laughs> for that particular stat. So, uh, yeah. To be fair, their offense picks up. <laughs> it does. It does, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, last week with the Panthers was a little better. We, we you know, got out a little earlier than we had the first two weeks. So I think this is a good opportunity for the Panthers. You know, the Cardinals, I don't think, are a very good team. I think the Panthers match up really well against them in almost every position group except quarterback. Yeah. Um, but everywhere else, I feel like the Panthers are either equal to or better than the Cardinals' position group. So really, they should be able to score points on this team. Hopefully. I mean, yeah. if you we're, we're talking about scoring po- points, the most important factor is Baker Mayfield and the receivers need to play well. Yeah. Baker Mayfield is missing one in five passes, meaning when he gets the ball off, it's not batted down. He's just off target 20% of the time. Which I mean, honestly feels a little low. <laughs> like, yeah. If you was watching the game, I, that kind of surprised me when you told me that earlier. I was like, is that it? 20%? So 80% of the time he's at, he's on target? That seems a little low, but hey. Hey, I didn't him, I <laughs> they don't count throwaways and they don't count okay. batted passes. Okay. So yeah, I think he has 12 batted passes. So yeah, I mean, there that's you go. That's a lot. That is a that's lot. A, that's insane amount. That um really but a lot. but again, Arizona's giving up 281 yards per game through the air. That's 30th. Baker has to get it on. And and DJ Moore, as much people as griping, only one catch, two yards, he has the largest separation of any co- receiver out there in the game right now. But he, but Baker's not getting him the ball. So something has to be changed. Yeah. Um, you know, I just talked about how Arizona is not a very good team and the Panthers have a good opportunity. I guarantee you, the you know meow mix version of the Arizona Cardinals podcast is saying the exact same thing about oh, yeah. the Panthers. <laughs> like they're saying, hey, you know, we might be giving up 281 yards per game, but they're only giving you know, they're, they're only averaging 161. So this really should be a game that the Cardinals should be able to shut down this pass. You know, I guarantee this, they're saying that. This is our get right game. That's yeah. what they're saying because right. they had they had high high hopes. They they had they had Super Bowl aspirations. At least well, we what, didn't have that. We had playoff aspirations. Right. I mean, one of the reasons that they have Super Bowl aspirations is because of their quarterback, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Right? So our third key here is we need to contain Kyler Murray, particularly at running, because he is a very good running quarterback. Uh, he hasn't looked amazing throwing the ball this year. I think he's averaging like 63% completion percentage or so, but uh, only three touchdowns, one interception so far this season. Um but he even his I guess even his rushing is not doing too well. He did have a really good scramble in their last game to kind of win that game for them, send him into overtime, and then they won the game. Um, so he runs when he needs to, but his rushing is down a little this season. He's only what is it? 
about 60 yards, 70 yards or so on the season rushing, one rushing touchdown. Yeah, um, and that but, was two weeks ago, not last week. They lost last uh, week. That's right. The that was against, yeah, that was against the um, the Ra- Raiders. Um, but the last time the Panthers did play Kyler Murray, well, well, this is 2020. Is that right? Yes, they did, he did not play last week. He was injured, that's and we right. played Colt McCoy. That's so, right. So when so, we played him in 2020, uh, he only had 130 yards passing, but he had 78 rushing yards. So. Again, we've talked about the Panthers kind of have some trouble against rushing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Rule did address that today when he talked to the reporters, and he said basically that he felt like they needed to pressure Kyler just as much as they pressured Jameis last week. And I agree. Like, I think, I think, oh, yeah. I think you should pressure like that every game. Why not? I mean, that that really worked well against Jameis last week. I agree. I think the only caveat today is you may want to leave one rusher back as kind of a spy like the frankie lou mm-hmm. i i hate saying it because he's dynamite but frankie louvie may need to be him back or a brian burns again hate saying why that not, why not jeremy chin i would love jeremy chin but they want him back in safety no man's land. i mean i feels like jeremy chin could be a perfect spy against kyler i mean he's fast he diagnoses plays well he hits Decent tackler yeah. yeah like i mean Jeremy I, think that's, Chin, I think that's where you go. Jeremy Chin has like a 50 PFF. You know what his highest rating is? Pass rushing at like an 80-something. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I looked at it earlier. I was like, see, it's just he's unfortunately not the greatest in coverage. But why do you stick it back there? <laughs> that's a good question. And I wonder if when inevitably Rule and Snow are gone, will the next defensive coordinator put Chin at, at a more natural position for him or at a, a position that he's shown to be more productive. Yeah. I, I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. But, yes, if they want to drop him down more into the box and make him the spy and say, hey, our corners need to cover one man-on-man, which another thing is our zone coverage is at 91% of our snaps, passing snaps. Yeah. So. Why is that? I, I hate, don't know. I hate I hate when they play zone. I like a mix of zoning, man, but the corners we have in CJ Henderson, JC Horn, Dante man, Jackson even is a fast covers. corners. Yeah. So but with CJ and JC, you get them up online, you mug them at this start, and you let them they're both fast, big corners. And then again, Dante's a fast guy. Yeah, he's not gonna mug anybody, but no, nor should he because, you know, he gets hurt a lot. So keep him safe. <laughs> keep him safe. Yeah. But I, but I agree. I think they do need to mix up a lot more man. Bring the blitz. Keep a spy on him. And see if see what you're paying for these corners that you think are the best position group. Because sitting in zones, great. I, there's a lot of benefits to it, but I, th- I personally think it would be beneficial to this panthers team to play more man let me ask you this um you know we've seen a lot of you know we talked about a couple of the best corners in the game a few years back right with side quest (laughs) and uh and uh, revis those guys followed the best receiver around Mm -hmm. um 
Asamoah maybe not so much. I think he he normally just oh, shut he down did. one side of the field, but okay. uh, he maybe did. early in his career he didn't. But do you think that they should have JC do that, or should we just continue to kind of have him because he did not play uh, Michael because Thomas it, a lot last week or be, because uh, Ola, they play Olave. him in zone. They play him in zone, so he just drops back to his zone coverage. So you don't want to mess with his head and put him in a position of a non-zone. He's fret. Yeah, but he's Familiar such with. a good man corner. Like that's what he was in college. He was great at man, and even I, last year when they early in the season they played a lot of man with him. I personally feel yes, J.C. Horn should be following Marquise Brown everywhere. Yeah, that's okay. my personal opinion. But, I agree. I think I think I'd love to see what J.C. Horn could do every week, shutting down the other team's best yeah. receiver. I, I, why, I, why not? I agree, and then you get to see what C.J. Henderson and Dante can do man-to-man, which I personally feel like C.J. would perform better in man-to-man. He doesn't have to really focus in on anything besides his man. Right. Yeah, I agree. It'd be nice if they could you know, try to use try to use their players with their best skills, right? Yeah. Sort of like what we're trying to talk about with our next key here, Jerry. Get the ball to CMC's with space, including in the passing game. That's a big part yeah. of this. They're giving up 10 yards per reception to running backs. To to mitigate J.J. Watt, I think this would be a great way. Run him, mm-hmm. dump the ball out to him. Then you're going to have J.J. Watt not being able to focus clearly on Baker Mayfield, which he still will. But, you know, it'll, it'll help clear up some space. And... I know, it, I think it was like five or six receptions by the running backs, but I was like, wow. I was like going through their game. It's been three games, and I was like, well, that seems like it could be taken advantage of with CMC. Yeah, if, I mean, that, that's something we haven't seen yet. The what The Panthers' offensive game plan is, you know, heavily getting the ball to CMC in the passing game. You know, last week they got him in the running game quite a bit. I think he had, what, 24, 25 rushes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would prefer to see if he's getting 25 to 27 touches a game like he got last week. I would prefer to see him get seven, eight targets slash catches and then make like, you know, 16, 17 rushes, right? Yeah. Because he's such a good, I mean, we talk about it every week. He's such a good receiver. And not only that, like, I hate saying this because the week before, but Chuba Hubbard looked pretty good. <laughs> well, he had one good run, at least. Um, like, you gotta at least give it to him. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is they got they brought in Foreman. He didn't even play last week. He was healthy. Mm-hmm. He was active. But he didn't even play. Uh, I think he had like three snaps or something. Um, didn't get the ball. Yeah, let you know line CMC up in the slot and put Foreman or Chuba in the backfield. Play him at the same time. You know what, what's wrong with that? Get weapons out there. Run some four-receiver sets. They haven't done that this year. Put him out wide. Put him yeah. out wide. Put yeah. him and Chuba out there. Or put LaVisca Chenault behind, you know, as running back. Put Christian McCaffrey out wide and then or in the <sighs> slot. And then all of a sudden you could rotate them in the middle. Do some play out movement before the snap. We have such... I mean, the you know, Matt Rule versatility 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 that's what he likes in his players we have so much versatility in our skill positions and they're not using it 
Yeah. We could really be a dynamic offense. We really could. I mean, you could run a four-receiver set with a tight end blocking. Have LaVisca Chenault. You you don't even have to have Christian McCaffrey out on the field. You could run him back behind to get a handoff. They're Mm -hmm. probably going to spread out at that point. Worst case scenario, you get to find out if they're in zone or man anyways to call the play, do an RPO at that point. I mean, I don't know. This yeah, is being I mean, we don't, do a, we, we don't do a lot of pre-snap motion. There's just a lot of things that this offense really needs to get more dynamic, honestly. Um, but, you know, you mentioned J.J. Watt. Let's go ahead and talk about the offensive line here for the Panthers versus the Cardinals' defensive line. The Cardinals' defensive line is not very good. J.J. Uh, Watt is the only player on that team to record a sack this season. He's got two. The Cardinals as a team have two sacks in three games. Uh, theoretically, the Panthers should have time. I mean, Baker should have time. The, the offensive line should be able to handle this Cardinals defensive line. The problem is, especially in the run game, the Panthers offensive line is not creating a lot of holes. Uh, the Panthers run game is averaging less than one yard per carry before contact. That is 100% on the offensive line. And CMC has back-to-back. CMC has two 100-yard games. That's how good he is. Just just want to put that out there. That's right. You're 100% (laughs) right. I mean, I didn't even think about that, but that's wild. You're right. (laughs) Holy crap. Um, So, yeah, let's let's work on creating some holes for the running backs. Uh, Again, we've played pretty good defensive lines so far this season. I feel like this is the first one where we have a distinct advantage, our offensive line versus their defensive line. Yeah. I'm not even very familiar with their defensive line besides J.J. Watt. I've been pulling up their... Well, they run basically like a 3-4, three, three, essentially. It's a 3-4. Uh, I have Foe 2 and Allen as their other defensive or defensive line. Yeah. And then you have... Is Simmons not starting for them? Isaiah Simmons? Is he hurt? No, I don't think he's hurt. He's just not starting for them. Because I'm showing their linebackers as Kennard, Vigil, Collins, and Golden. And I'm going yeah, by Vigil's, PFF. Vigil's starting instead of Simmons. That's weird. Oh, okay. Okay. Boy, we really wanted Simmons, too, that draft. He, he turns out he might not be that good. Yeah, hey. Well, all right, what's our last key here, Jerry? (laughs) The Panthers need to shut down the Cardinals in the fourth quarter, especially if they have the lead. They tend to give up a one-score lead and let other teams get back in the game. Last week, it was only a one-score game, and I think without that Lovishka Sinault 90-yard touchdown or 76-yard touchdown, I think the game's a different story. It's a 13-6 or 7, and we give it back to them, and their offense all of a sudden... In the fourth quarter, gained like 200 passing yards. Well, you're assuming that if LaVisca doesn't score, the Panthers don't do anything that drive. I, I don't think that's a fair assumption to make. Uh, have you seen this offense this year? <laughs> you don't think they could put together a 15-yard drive, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you. That's why I think we need to see LaVisca more, but uh, continue. I, Sorry. I No, I mean, that's basically it. I mean... The Cardinals have scored nearly half of their points in the fourth quarter. 
Yeah. And the Panthers give up nine points per game in the fourth quarter. So you talked about they, they're a slow starting team, but they do finish pretty good. So, mm-hmm. and, Yeah, that's going to be the key. Like, shut them down early in the game, shut them down late in the game. Keep them further away than that soft zone coverage in the fourth quarter that we play against the Saints. I mean, you can't play yeah. that way. This, yeah, play to win. Don't play not to lose. Play to win. It, it, that's unfortunately a problem we've seen with Phil Snow's defense. It, it happened the first year, but we were also saying, hey, they don't have the players. We now have the players to not play that soft zone all the time, especially when we have a, a small lead. A one or two possession lead is not comfortable with five minutes left in a game yeah. in the NFL. Agreed, Jerry. Agreed. All right. Any other kind of thoughts before we get into our predictions? I really want this game. I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I still think that this team's going to be long-term future better without Matt Rule getting fired. But man, I love beating the Cardinals. It's hard. I mean, it's it's hard to root against your team. This early in the season where... Especially you know, when there's yeah. so much talent on it. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I know we all hate Matt Rule. We all want Matt Rule to go. We hate him as a coach, not as a person. Um, but it's it, I can't, I'm not there yet to where I'm rooting against us to spite Matt Rule. I'm, I'm yeah. just not there yet. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about our beer bed of the week. Beer bed of the week. I don't remember what we chose. What, what was it? It was DJ Moore <laughs> receiving yards. That's right. DJ Moore receiving yards. Now, do you want to set this? What do you want to set this at? Man, I mean, I feel like we could set it at 30 and that would be reasonable. You want to set it at like 65? 65 sounds good to me. You want to take the over or under? I'll take the under. Man, I would I would have gotten the under too. I'll take the I'll over. Ta- I'll just- no, I'll take yeah. the over because it'll go. It'll go with my bold prediction. So I'll take the. I assumed you wanted to take the over. I'll take the over. Okay. Yeah, I'll take the over. All right. So DJ Moore over under sixty five receiving yards. Steven's got the over. Jerry's got the under. Uh, bold prediction time. Uh, I'll go ahead and start since I sort of uh, spoiled mine a little bit. Uh, I think that the passing game is going to get on point this week i think baker mayfield you mentioned how the cardinals pass defense is not very good they're giving up a lot of passing yards this feels like one of those you know woke up feeling dangerous games for baker i think he has over 300 passing yards i'll go and say i think over 100 of those is goes to dj Moore. Uh, i think a lot of them go to cmc as well but i just think baker he really puts it all together and we come out of this week feeling really, really good about Baker and the offense in general. Ah, I like that. I hope that happens. Because right now, I, my, my feelings on the uh, offense are not the greatest. No, I agree. <laughs> my yeah. bold prediction is we hold Kyler Murray to under 125 yards passing. I think JC locks him up Marquise Brown as much as we put him on him. But for the most part, he's just going to avoid him. I think the other corners step up and play better than they did last week towards the end of the game, but they'll play Uh like they did in the first three quarters of that game. And they'll just 
they'll really rattle him in the passing game, and they're going to have to rely on Connor and Kyler Murray's legs to try to save themselves. Yeah, we haven't even really mentioned James Connor, but he has not been having a very good season. So, as uh, his fantasy owner, I understand this. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about our game predictions. Jerry, go ahead and kick it off. Oh, why do you say? Uh, I always end up not having my numbers in my head right now. <laughs> I'm actually picking the Panthers, even though I said last week I probably should stick with the. Uh, oh, jeez. You've ruined it. You've uh, doomed us, Jerry. 23 16. Panthers 2316 okay yeah I'm gonna pick the Panthers as well um and I genuinely think the Panthers will win this game this is not a I, homer I do, pick I yeah I genuinely think the Panthers will win uh well yeah we know you think the Panthers will win because you, you you haven't you've picked against them so far I have not so, <laughs> uh but I do think the Panthers will win this game uh I think they'll put up 30 I think it's gonna be a 30 burger this week uh 30 to 17 Panthers oh wow 30 points I don't I know, think right? I've seen the Panthers hit that in a long time. That's what I'm saying. This is going to be the Baker show this week. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick spin around the uh, rest of the NFC South and uh, quickly look at the other games here. We've got a London game this week, Jerry, the early morning uh, breakfast game, we like to call it. The Minnesota Vikings against the New Orleans Saints. Woo. I think this is going to be a fun game. I hope I wonder, it's going to be a fun game. <laughs> I wonder if Jameis is going to play like he did last time he was in London against last the Panthers. Last time he was in London, it didn't turn out too well for Jameis. No, he threw a lot of interceptions. Yeah. But five, it could be a fun game. Five interceptions. I, I'm kind of interested in Minnesota. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Well, their offense is weird. Um, sometimes it's ex- it explodes, and sometimes it does nothing. So... Uh, it could be a really fun, high-scoring game, or it could kind of be a snooze fest. So we'll see. Uh, who who you think uh, wins that game? I'm hoping Minnesota. Right. Right. I Minnesota. really think Minnesota. I I think I said this in our season preview. I didn't understand why people were so high on New Orleans with a whole yeah. new coaching staff and with a quarterback who hasn't done it yet. Yeah. I I like Kamara. and I know they had a good defense last year, and they're keeping their defense coordinator. But I felt like. People were just jumping on them way too much. I got in so many arguments on Twitter and Reddit. You like about to get on Twitter. I, I've read some of the things, vehemently disagreed <laughs> with some of your tweet posts that you're coming out as Meow mm-hmm. makes. And I'm less like, one day I'm just going to come in and say, as the co host, I, I disagree with his Listen, statement here. I have considered doing that to several of your tweets as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but I mean, early in the season, like, I, I didn't understand where all the Saints' love was coming from. I mean, a huge question mark at quarterback. Their coach has a terrible track record as a head coach. Sean Payton is not there anymore. That offense was obviously going to be different. It's not Bruce Arians hanging out in the uh, upper management coming down on the right. field all the time. Right. This is yeah. This is not that scenario. Uh, so I, I I was uh, I'd love to see the Saints drop to one and three. I think that would be hilarious. Um, all right, next game here: Cleveland at Atlanta. I think we both probably figure Cleveland's going to win that one. Yeah, Cleveland's looking pretty good with Brissett. Um, Jacoby Brissett is like the tenth highest uh, QBR in the game. Yeah, so I mean far. He, he's he's taking care of the ball, running the ball. I that's good. That's what yeah. that team needs. Yeah. And then probably the marquee game of the week, Kansas City at Tampa Bay. 
Uh, is it going to be in Tampa Bay, though? That's the question. Uh, hopefully. Supposedly, if not, it's going to be in Minnesota. Yeah, I lived in Tampa Bay. I have some friends still there, and I, for them, I do hope it is because that means that the storm didn't cause much Destroy damage everything. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but this game will be very fun to watch because Tampa Bay has probably one of the best defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City's offense hasn't been clicking, but you know it, at any moment it can click. Yeah. So They'll figure it out at some point. So I'm kind of yeah, curious Kansas, how they do. Sorry. Seems like uh, you remove you know, the spark plug from that offense in, in uh, Hill, and that they don't really know what, they're, what they are right now, I don't think, Kansas City. Yeah. So. But they have a decent defense as well, so that, that should be a, uh, an interesting game. Tom Brady's not looked very good this season either. So, you know, mm. Tampa's offense has not gone explosive e- yet either. No, those two wins are by their defense. <clears throat> I, yeah. I think that I saw that they have averaged, um, like, what was it? I forget. It was something crazy. Like, their defense has given up, like, 21 points in the three games. Yeah, I mean, and you know, they've, they've not been healthy, the offense. No. So, I think they were missing their top three receivers last well, week or something. That, that's so. one of the things that happens when you get, you know, future Hall of Famers on the last <clears throat> year of their career yeah. jumping on board. Yeah. And then we talked about it in our, in our season preview that, uh, you know, their wide receivers are already kind of injury prone. So, yeah. and they're already showing that this year. So, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it, Jerry. Yep. We want to thank everyone for listening. If you like the show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at Meow Mix Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com. If you leave us a five star review with a comment on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on our show. Please like and subscribe on YouTube and please support our sponsor, CBDX.com. Code word, meow, 20% off. All right, we'll be back uh, on Sunday, I guess Sunday evening, since this is a 4.05 game, uh, to recap the game. And uh, until then, everybody stay safe out there. Batten down the hatches. Keep pounding.